Hello and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you have reserved this hour for us to dive into your story or your blog or your brand or your speech or any questions you have about expressing yourself in the world. Maybe even questions you have about expressing your identity in the world as you look at the next chapter of your life, let alone what you're writing, but your life. I am a holistic master level life coach. I was certified by Alan Cohen in Hawaii in 2000. 11 and 12 and 13, I was in his programs. And I was also a associate professor of writing and literature for about 20 years in the Seattle area. So I do all things writing, but I added in this life coaching component because I just wanted to really feed my soul. I wanted to really get into how spirit works with our sense of expression. I was very, very influenced by Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, as well as 12-step programs, as well as John Bradshaw's family systems and many other things. And I just thought, you know what? When you are a life coach, you can bring in all sorts of pieces and how you see things coming together in the big whole, the big scheme of things. So like I said, I was certified by Alan Cohen. He was my first coach also Robert Holden, but I have just had so many people over the years really mentor me into the brand that I am offering you today, such as my teachers like Vicki, like Steve, like Jeff, like Ed. I've had many wonderful teachers And I certainly hope you have too, and that you might spend this time with me, allowing me just for these little 50 some minutes today, allowing me to be your coach on this journey that you are on. Today, our show topic is called Office Hours. And if you were with me last, maybe July was our first office hours. We kicked off summer office hours. And what that means is instead of me picking a topic and doing what I can to stick with it, of course, as soon as you call in, we can talk about whatever you would like to talk about But I like to pick a topic for each show and then as best I can teach you about it, coach you about it, take your questions about it. However, four times a year, we are going to do office hours. That's what we're doing today. And this is your opportunity to call in and talk about anything, but Just know that I have no set agenda whatsoever today. I'm just taking the letters that have come into me recently. Sometimes letters come in right as the show is ending. Or some of you nice people, you'll write in and you'll give me feedback after the show. And you'll finish it up with a question. So I'm bringing those today. But I would also love to take your calls. So if you would like to call in, you can call 1-888-298-5569. 
I'm not at the studio today. I am at my home and Eric is doing all his wonderful magic for me so that we can connect via Zoom and all that good stuff. But all you have to do to make this work is pick up your cell phone and call the number. Eric does all the magic after that. So the number is one 888 298-5569. And as soon as you call, we will get connected. You might have to be on hold just for a little tiny bit, but we will get to your question. And I do want to thank Donna and Kristen and Josh and Allie for most recent questions. I'm going to do my best to get to all of those today. So let me just ask you, how are you doing? If you are listening to the show live, we are just tapping into the end of our first week in October. So that means just about everyone that's going to go back to school this year is enrolled in school. It means somewhere in the world you are enjoying the fall season, or maybe if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, things are a little warmer there. I don't know if I told you, last week was, I was just minutes back from a retreat, again with Alan Cohen and all of his coaches. We were in Hawaii on the big island. We were talking everything life coaching. We got into some real deep and wonderful conversations around your memoir and your biography and how you use your real life story to influence and reflect back all the good work that others are doing. We had a really good time. I was introduced to 22 brand new coaches And it was a delight to be with my coach, Alan, and to team teach with him. You probably know him as one of Hay House's most prolific authors. He's written 30 plus books at this point. His latest is The Mystical Messiah. I sure hope you take a look at that. It's really about how Jesus Christ was a teacher Many of us know him so much from the New Testament, but who was that man? Who was that man who walked and taught and helped us understand how to tap into our highest self? The mystical Messiah is so much about that. It really takes the religious qualities and sets those aside so we can get to know the man that Jesus was and what his mission was as teacher. And I just find things like that just so intriguing, especially when, you know, in real time now, we are still really in the early days of the loss of Queen Elizabeth. And she was queen my entire life. Even though I don't live in the UK, anytime I'm to think of queen, it is Queen Elizabeth. She reigned, I don't know exactly how many years, but I'll tell you this, I'm 56 and she was there a lot longer. She is that person we think of as, at least I do, as queen. But Elizabeth, how much do we know about Elizabeth, the woman, the mother? How much do we know about her as a friend? I know next to nothing. But boy, let me tell you, as soon as someone shares all that, I would love to read about it. I would love to know Elizabeth outside of her role as queen. 
And I'll tell you, Alan Cohen does an excellent job doing exactly this as he shares Jesus, the man, and the stories and some of the goals and some of the interpretations around the teachings of Jesus in his book, The Mystical Messiah. I did have the honor of giving a review, and it is part of the first few pages of that book. And I also had the honor of being a part of his editorial team when he wrote his previous book, probably book number 29 or 30, uh, Friends in High Places, Friends in High Places. Again, we're talking about Alan H. Cohen. He is my life coach. He is a renowned author, and you can find many of his books through Hay House Publishing and his most recent books on Amazon self-published, and I think you're really going to like them. Let's take a look at our office hours questions here. Like I said, I am working from home today, but this show is live. We have Eric doing all his magic to connect us. If you want to talk live to me and get some personal coaching. So once again, that number is one 888 2985569. So I'm just going to go ahead and start with a question that came in from Donna. And I really appreciated this. Donna is now in her 50s and taking a little early retirement. And she says, while I am reinventing myself, I've been using writing to help me ground the new me, but it's tough. My partner and I will be traveling considerably in the new year. My fear is that I'll get completely caught up in travel and I'll never post another blog or video and all of my spending money will dry up. What happens if I love Italian pizza crust more than producing articles? And she goes on and talks about this. Uh, Donna is very, very familiar with all of the comforts that come from social media once you have established your biography and your role as a producer on social media. Basically, it is what funds her work. So Donna wrote in and she was just very concerned that now that she's going to step away, have a little sabbatical, a little early retirement, do a bunch of traveling in the new year for the first three months of the year, what happens? If she finds that her love for producing on social media just dries up and like she says, she falls more in love with Italian pizza crust. I relate to this. I relate on the level of having a love affair with Italian pizza crust, even though I've officially never been to Italy. I used to work for an Italian restaurant and all of the cooks were of a family, and boy, their homemade Italian pizza crust was undeniably the best crust I've probably ever had, ever, anywhere. So I understand. I understand falling deeply in love with something new and fearing that what you do now might become a thing of the past. And for Donna, it is producing blog posts and a lot of YouTube content, which still requires a good bit of writing. And she is prolific when it comes to sending in articles to places like The Medium. And I believe the magazine she writes for is called Brains, B-R-A-I-N-Z. So... This is what I want to share with you, Donna, and anyone listening. 
it's really the level of our love that keeps us in any game. Now, what I mean by that is since since Donna is going to be traveling abroad and and we know she's revealed Italy is one place, if not the only place, you can indulge in a new love affair there with pizza or anything else you want. And I don't think it it means that what you love before you get there is just going to fall away. I don't think it means that at all. But I do think when you are really in love with your work and in love with how you offer your ideas, you have, at least on a subliminal level, you've made a long-term commitment to it. So pizza crust might not be enough to catapult you out of that game of producing for your audience. It might not be enough. It might, however, be enough that you find yourself not typing or not writing for a day or two or three or four. You might even start to get worried. But I think what you'll find is as you connect with that level of love you have for what you create and what you produce, that's not going to go away. It's just like while I was while I was in Hawaii, I had no fears that my dearly beloved one here in Seattle uh, would fall out of my mind and fall out of my heart. There's no way that was going to happen, even though I thought Hawaii was pretty, pretty great. I did long to get back to him. And when you have cultivated a deep relationship with writing, you have that desire to be with it. You have that love to share it with others. So in my mind, Donna, you've been at writing for so long. There's just some little snarky little devil on your shoulder whispering its little serpent sweet nothings in your ear telling you that pizza crust is the new love affair. And I'm not going to talk you out of falling in love with pizza. No, 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 I won't. But I do want to rest your mind in the fact that you've been writing a long time Anytime I've seen you and talked to you, you have shared how much you love what you do. I don't see it drying up tomorrow or anytime soon. I really don't. So I have complete faith in you. Would love to hear what any of the rest of you have to say. Please feel free to reach out on Facebook or call in. We are at the point where we do need to take our first break, but we're going to come right back. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. Welcome back. This is Story You Talk Radio, and I'm your host, Coach Debbie. Today, I am offering you office hours. This is something I'm just playing around with here, where I want to offer you summer and fall and spring and winter office hours. So basically, four times a year where you get to pick the topic. 
you get to write in and say, this is what's fresh on my mind. You can even call in and get some life coaching on whatever's on your mind. The rest of the time, I tend to be the one to pick the topic, but truthfully, anything you want to talk about is always fine with me. What I'm doing today is I'm getting caught up on the questions that have been sent in to me either after shows or while I was away, and I just thought that on some level, they would be really helpful for you to hear because my guess is they're questions you have as well. I also want to tell you about Permission to Soar. This is my 90-day program, and I am offering it at the lowest price I've ever offered it at because I really, really am excited about how Permission to Soar can carry a person out of the end of the year and really set you up for the new year. Permission to Soar is my way of really looking at those areas in your life where something seems big and you really want to take off in that area, but it just seems like it it could take you five years. In a way, you've lost a little perspective or it's even possible you never really had it. There's people that come to me and say, you know, I really want to put together a book and I've got ideas about it, but I don't have 10 years to write it. Well, whatever gave you 10, the idea that it would take 10 years, where, where do these ideas come from? When I work with people on their books, it's usually because they've been thinking about it for a while And the average amount of time when someone gets serious and starts writing is about four to six months. Some people can do it faster. Some people have very busy lives and want to go at their own pace and are more like the two years. But honestly, four months, very fast, for two years, very expected. And somewhere in between for many people, four months, two years, somewhere in between. But I have never, ever, ever, ever coached someone for 10 years that wanted to write their book. And I know someone who is relaxing and is lazy boy today, and he's thinking he's going to be the first, but he's wrong. He's wrong. I also know someone who is on her commute all the way in New York City right now. And she's thinking, oh no, I'm going to be the first. And my dear, you are also wrong. I also know a retired woman in New Mexico who's thinking, I'm going to be the first one. All three of these people are worried that they are going to take the longest time to write their book, maybe even 10 years. So what we do and permission to soar is we bring you back to a clear, thoughtful, and cohesive perspective that is much more aligned with what you want to do. Most of my writers want to create a book in about six plus months. One of the things we do is we start to look at in our program how you might devise a plan and leave behind some of the things in previous plans that didn't work. We also look at your willingness to claim a new way to do things. We go into looking at the possibilities, your support system, We unpack the stuff, the habits that don't need to go with you on the journey. We really start to look at your new identity as you become this writer. We make some bold statements. And finally, when you are ready, we declare to the world that you have done this. You are now an author. You have stepped into 
that bold statement and you followed through with your permission to soar. Now, do you have to write a book in order to be in the program? No, many people do, but you don't have to. Maybe you're not even going to write anything, although there's all kinds of things you could write. Maybe what you're going to focus on is how you might support yourself in a big transition. There are people that I've supported that transitioned their home. In other words, they left one area and they up-leveled to a new home. One of my, I want to say one of my success stories She right now is on the other side of the globe where she often is because she wanted to transform herself from working a very steady and unhappy time at a a 40-hour-a-week job to being in early retirement and traveling and blogging like the Dickens, (laughs) like the Dickens, and posting. And that's exactly what she's doing. So sometimes your permission to soar is something that's a little away from writing a book or far away from writing a book. But writing a book for most people is one of the biggest challenges they bring and what they find is that they gain their perspective. And not only are they able to do it in less than 10 years, some of them are able to do it even in less than one year. So I invite you to go to coachdebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com, and check out Permission to Soar. We meet on Fridays It's not too late to get involved. The package I have on my website includes several coaching sessions. But if what you would like to do is just come to our community meetings, I have that available for $495. And those meetings will take you all the way to the end of the year. And I am with you every Friday And I offer those coaching sessions on Fridays, 11 a.m. Pacific, and you can access them on Zoom from anywhere in the world. So let's take a question from Josh, who I know is considering permission to soar. It's always a pleasure to get your letters. One thing he pointed out was that he ran into a lot of anxiety way back there in junior high school. He says, it was, it was pointed out to me then that I was suffering from anxiety. So notice how I just jump into the middle of these letters sometimes, but I do want to protect some of the ideas that people share. He says, it seems like journaling is a female activity. At least that's what I've always thought, but my Tai Chi master suggested to me that I try it. So Josh goes on and talks about eighth grade, how he got involved in martial arts, etc. It led to fantasy writing. And what I want to share with Josh here is that journaling is not a female activity even though females do it very well. Journaling is for anyone, and anyone can do it well. What is going to be required so you can do it well? I think when you begin to journal, you want to begin with the desire and the interest to know yourself just a little bit better. If the reason you start journaling is simply because you want a place to unload and get away from all your problems, it will do that. But journaling can be so much more. I love that I can have a safe relationship with myself simply by journaling 
simply now creating some of my own prompts when I want to take some timed writing and really get into a topic. Journaling will always help you if your desire is to get to know you better. Another thing that journaling can do is it can help you get into habits that are going to stick with you for a long time. I advise the people in my programs to pick a time of day, at least in the beginning, that you will commit to doing your journaling. Now, when I say commit, I don't mean to make it sound like a grueling task because it's not. If you love soccer, you probably commit to show up to your four o'clock trainings. You commit to it. If you love your sweetie, you probably commit to show up on those Saturday night date nights, right? You love those. If you want to cultivate becoming an exceptional tuba player, you commit to getting with your teacher at your designated time every single week. It's a commitment. I don't think journaling's any different. And the reason I say that goes back to my first reason for journaling. You're cultivating a relationship with yourself. It's not just a dumping ground. But if we just look at what Josh says, when you cultivate a relationship with yourself, you start to notice that anxiety, it slips into the background and curiosity makes its way into the foreground. You are committing to a relationship of knowing you a little bit better. You might even be asking yourself some questions. One question I like to ask me so that I'm stepping back from my anxiety a bit and getting into my curiosity a little more is what are some of the desires that I want to explore in the next two weeks? That's one of my journaling questions. What are some of my desires that I want to explore? in the next two weeks. And all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, you know, you know what I really want to do? I want to go to Vashon Island with Marsha and Don, and I want to find out about that coffee, roasteria, mamma mia, ooh la la la. I want to find out about that. Now, what does coffee have to do with journaling? It has everything to do with journaling. Why? Because going to Vashon Island in search of one of the best coffee makers ever gives me a break. What does giving me a break do? It helps me realize that that's part of the real life of authors. They get breaks. When I think that, I go to that place of being curious and figuring out how can I take a day off? in the middle of the week to do something really fun and really restorative. Typically, I won't let myself do that unless I'm in relationship, journaling, thinking about what I really desire. I did this, this thing, this desire, going to Vashon Island with Marsha and Dawn recently. We even took in a great night of jazz. And what I found was that not only did I feel welcomed back to my writing afterwards, but I felt very, very secure leaving it on that day. That wouldn't have happened, say, five years ago. I hadn't developed my relationship with feeling secure about leaving a project and knowing I could come back to it. In the middle of the week, are you kidding? I would have just hammered myself with ideas that, no, this has to wait to the weekend. You have to say no. And now I'm like, hmm, I have the desire. 
how will I make that happen? And when you ask yourself these things, you make vacation happen in the middle of the week. When you have vacation, you get a break from anxiety. When you get a break from anxiety, you have the desire to come back to your writing projects, even if they were making you feel a little anxious. It all feeds together. It all works together. So, Josh, what I know about you is that martial arts is a way of soothing anxiety, an anxiety that you mentioned in your letter may have started back in the eighth grade. But I also want to encourage you that journaling is not just for females. Journaling is for the person that has a desire to know themselves even better. And any of us that are experiencing anxiety, that is what we really want. We don't want to live under the cloak of anxiety. We want to live with our truth. And you get to know that by journaling. Josh, if you would like a journal, just send me your favorite color and I will put a journal in the mail for you and I will send you a personalized letter in it. I would love to do that for you. Let's take one more break, our final break. When we come back, we've got a little more office hours to ad for you and it is not too late if you want to call in stay tuned my friends we'll be right back every person with a disability deserves equity in education employment and their community sherwood community services takes pride in serving all people with disabilities and their families since 1957 including in rural areas and non-native english-speaking communities sherwood provides service in snohomish skagit and island counties sherwood is open for referrals for telehealth and virtual support for children and adults with disabilities to find out more visit sherwoodcs.org Org. Sherwood, believing in abilities. Bringing good vibes to the Puget Sound and the world. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thanks for joining me today. I think I have trained you all to write to me instead of call me. <laughs> And that's okay. That's okay. This show is all about writing and and learning to have the nerve to write. So I am very appreciative of the notes you send to me. Let's go to the next one here. We are we are hosting office hours today. Actually, I I want to invite you all to write to me about this. Would you like it? If I offered live office hours before the radio shows, maybe once or twice a month, this radio shows 4 p.m. Pacific time. So it'd probably have to be like 2 p.m. on Zoom or Facebook Live. But that's something I've been kind of toying with. Would you like a little time with me? Uh, to do some of these these office hours questions and just get two, three minutes of coaching. We could take probably three questions each time. Let me know if that speaks to you. You can write to me at my website. I have a place right on my website where you can write to me. It's coachdebbie.com coachdebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. Just click on connect. And as soon as you do that, it'll just ask you for your name and you can type your question into me. I will get it. Nobody reads it but me. And it'll help me know, would you like that to have some office hours live face-to-face, on Facebook, on Zoom, right before we do our radio show. All right, let's take this question from Allie. Allie is in a program right now where she is learning 
a lot about how to serve others. And one of the things she said to me was, I'm always the girl in the room with so many questions. And I'm afraid that people get sick of me. Now, I think this is an excellent thing to talk about in our office hours today. Because when I was a teacher and I had an office at the college, we we always had our hours posted on the door. Your current students could come in as well as your past students or students thinking about taking classes from you in the future. They knew that's exactly when you were seated and ready for any question. And I got questions like this all the time. Students in my class would say, do you think people get sick of me because I'm always the one with my hand in the air? Do you think I ask too many questions? They would even ask, are you going to mark me down for asking so many questions? I mean, my heart would just turn to mush when people would say things like this because questions, questions is what fuels our curiosity and keeps us engaged and keeps us learning. Maybe from your standpoint, the question was born out of an anxious moment or out of fear, but from for everyone sitting around you, it's a learning opportunity and it's a learning opportunity for you as well. So I was thrilled to be with Allie She's a professional. She is extending her career now and going into further education. I was thrilled to sit across from her and hear, I'm always the girl in the room with so many questions. She put it out there like there was something wrong with that. And then she just candidly said, I'm afraid people get sick of me. I'll tell you this, I don't get sick of her and I don't for a minute think everyone else does. She asks pertinent questions. She asks thoughtful questions. You know that person in the room. It's that one that that just is excited to know and to learn. And maybe you see a little undercurrent of anxiety, but the only reason you recognize it is because you know you have felt that too. Whether you feel it in that moment or you felt it long ago, you know you have felt it too. It's just a way that we all are in the world. We all have moments where we feel anxious. And asking a question is one of the smartest things you can do to deal with anxiety. To support Allie, I want to say what I've said, but I also want to add this. I love the book Atomic Habits. So I went to James Clear, the author, and I went looking through the book and I found this. He talks about, oh, I should have found the page number for you. I'm sorry. I don't remember where it was in the book. But he he talks about this idea of how we, we balance success and failure. Balance it. I love this idea. There was a time when I didn't think failure should be the part of any mix. We should just figure out what success is. That was my thinking. But the the older I get, the more I have a relationship with my journal, the more I teach, the more I hear people's questions, the more I realize we're not going to be successful if we can't accept our failures, and learn from them. If we can't do that, we are dead in the water. We are thick in addiction. We are out. We are isolated. We're gone. We become almost invisible, depending on how afraid that failure is for us. What James Clear said about this, and I I wrote this down. Here's a little quote. He said, when enough, W-I-N, win enough to keep progressing and lose enough to keep learning. 
In other words, you want to spend enough time with that feeling of your successes to really be in a state of winning. But you don't want to spend so much time in the feeling of the failure that you think your story is only about failure. Let me, let me really emphasize this. Let's say, let's say two weeks ago, you were on cloud nine because you did something and you felt great about it. Or let's say two months ago or two years ago, you felt great about that. I'm going to, I'm going to just venture out and say, it is your job to keep replaying and entertaining that feeling you had of that big win, W-I-N, that big win, that feeling of success, that feeling needs to stay close to you because this is how anxiety works. If you haven't had a big win for two weeks or two months or two years, a big one, you're going to fall prey to the next failure you have, and you're going to blow that thing up. In other words, if you're not practicing the habit of replaying how great it feels to win, failure has the power to tip you over. It will come in and be the new feeling. You haven't felt something for a while, a little failure. Maybe it's tiny. Maybe it's something like you you left your journal in your car and it's too late to go out and get it. And so you're not going to be able to go back to the parking lot until the morning. And so you've got to write on this one piece of scrap paper you have. Tiny, tiny, tiny failure like that. Maybe it's a failure like you were writing an article and you submitted it and it's the first time that the medium did not accept it. Ooh, and it feels like, oh no, this is a first. This is my first failure with them. And you make it big. You make it seem so important. If you don't have that feeling and memory of winning right behind you, you just might let that feeling take over. That that failure feeling is here for one reason. It's here to help you learn and grow. And that's it. It is not here to fuel your addiction. It's not here to keep you in isolation. It's not here to take you out of the game of writing. It's not here to take you out of the game of living. We have to be really, really careful of what we call a failure. It's very, very important that you train your mind. And we do a lot of this in Permission to Soar. You need to be training your mind to really get curious about your desires and engaging in your journal so that the things that delight you, the things that you have small and huge and any sort of success with are things you remember and entertain and feel over and over and over and over again. Because if you start your day with that last failure, your day is going to be long and rough and difficult. Now, I just need to come back for a moment and say, Allie, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that your question uh, required all of this. I just wanted to go down into that place where the rabbit holes are because not necessarily you, Allie, but many of us forget how many wins, successes, and achievements we've had. We think that our questions 
about those little tiny failures, those little anxieties or those big anxieties are going to be a problem. We, we expand them. We make them too big. And we forget all of the successes that we've had. And I would just love for you to, to notice how many wins and successes did you have because you had the courage to ask questions. You had the courage to get involved somehow, some way, maybe with your journal, maybe a class, maybe with your instrument, maybe cooking, maybe with your career, maybe with your relationship, maybe with your finances, maybe with your travels abroad. You got involved, you invested. And that helps you feel into your successes. But don't let them be just those odd moments, those little opportunities that came along so that you're thinking it's been so long since you've had a success. If you're in the pattern of writing in a journal, if you're in the pattern of being in a community with others and hearing about successes, you will start to realize that you have far more successes and wins than you allow yourself to recall and to enjoy the memory of. Just yesterday, I was talking with my brother, and he was sharing how he's been a mail carrier now. And he started some years ago, I want to say four years ago, on Black Friday. That was his first day of work. And I remember taking the call and him going, I don't know if I can do this. And and he was in pain. And I had to remind him that, Matt, this, this might be one of your hardest days at work. I just want to encourage you to see it as one day, just one day of your life. That's what we have to do when we're worried that we're failing. Just isolate it into a small period of time. Whereas our successes They really need to be recalled and rejoiced over 85, 90% of the time because that's what gives us energy. You're not going to feel energized if your failures 10% of the time was, you know, meant to teach you. You're not going to feel like those teachings happen if you let failure be. 90% of your experience. Try and keep it small. Try and let those successes be big. I hope that serves you, Allie, and I hope it serves everyone else. I really wanted to expand into how we deal with those anxious moments. I hope you like office hours. I'll be doing it again in the wintertime. And every single week, we bring you a brand new topic here at Story You Talk Radio. I love to hear what it is you want to talk about. Until next Thursday, my friends, namaste. Namaste.